Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, George Martin, In My Life, from 1998. If there was ever anyone featured on this show who doesn't need an introduction, it's Sir George Martin. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give you some backstory. Martin was born on January 3rd, 1926. Though he had an interest in music early in his life, he didn't initially try to make it his career. Before it was part of the Ministry of Defense, Martin worked for the War Office as a temporary clerk. He also spent time in the fleet air arm of the Royal Navy where he was an aerial observer. Here's Paul McCartney talking with Martin in the 2011 documentary produced by George Martin. We'd say, well, what do you do? He said, well, sort of observe. But you were in charge. So it was a very important role, in fact, even above the pilot, which kind of amazed us. But years later, I thought, that's the producer. Yes, it is. The same job. The war ended before Martin was to be involved in any combat, and after he left the Royal Navy in 1947, Martin studied piano and oboe at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. After graduating in 1950, he got a job in the BBC's classical music department, and later that year joined EMI as an assistant to the head of EMI's Parlophone Records, Oscar Proust. During this time, Martin also started producing records. His first hit for the label was in 1952. It was the mock Mozart single by Peter Ustinoff with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, the Welsh conductor and pianist, not Hannibal Lecter. Martin worked as Proust's assistant until 1955 when Proust retired. That's when the unexpected happened. Here's Martin talking about that moment with Craig Daniel Leon for FutureHistoryFilms.com. My boss retired, and um, I was a bit disappointed in this because I liked him, and we got on well together, and I didn't, didn't like the idea of a new bloke coming in and bossing me around, and I honestly thought of resigning. But when he retired, to my astonishment, the head of EMI named me as his successor, and I became head of Parlophone Records. While working as the head of the label, Martin also continued producing, working almost exclusively with comedy records, producing records with comedians such as Peter Sellers and Dudley Moore. Moore starred in the Beyond the Fringe Comedy Stage Review, which Martin ended up producing the cast recording in 1961. It would become his breakthrough as a producer. But Martin wanted to add rock and roll to Parlophone's roster. In early 1962, Martin released an early electronic dance single called Time Beat. He wrote the song with electronic musician and TV producer Maddalena Faganini. They released the song under the name Ray Cathode.
But Martin struggled to find the right rock and roll artist for the label. But of course that all changed when a 27-year-old Brian Epstein came to see him in his office. Here's Martin talking about that moment on The Roseanne Show in 1998. In 1962, Brian Epstein walked into my office with a, a record of this group called The Beatles, which I thought was such a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so corny with, with an A. Yeah, with an A. And, uh, and they weren't very good. I, I, it was a funny kind of sound. I thought, well, you know, if you want me to judge it on this, forget it. I said, but if you bring them down to the studios and I'll have a look at them, see what happens. I was very blasé about it. Uh-huh. And they came in, like, and they came into the studios. And it was like electricity. You know, they, they had this wonderful atmosphere. They had tremendous charisma. They had no great songs with them. But they gave you the feeling that you felt so good for being with them. Mm-hmm. And when they left, you felt as though something had gone away, you know. I thought, well, if they had this effect on me, they're going to have an effect on everybody else. So I signed them. Simple as that. Of course, we all know what happened from there. The Beatles story is everywhere. I don't need to get into it too much. And I'm not knocking it. I love the Beatles. But if you're looking for a comprehensive Beatles history, uh, this won't be it. The Beatles work exclusively with Martin until their final album, Let It Be which was originally produced by Martin, but during the final mixing of the record, Phil Spector was brought in. Spector remixed all the songs, even adding a choir and orchestra to some of it. It was a move that pleased John Lennon, but was hated by Paul McCartney. When EMI told George Martin that he wouldn't be getting a production credit on Let It Be, he told them that since he'd produced the original, they should have a credit saying, produced by George Martin, overproduced by Phil Spector. After the Beatles broke up in 1970, Martin continued producing records for nearly another 30 years, producing for artists such as America, Jeff Beck, Cheap Trick, and even solo records for Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney. He also produced two of the best-known theme songs for the James Bond films, Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey and Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and Wings. In the 90s, he even produced a single for Celine Dion and Elton John's tribute to Princess Diana, Candle in the Wind 97. Here's Martin talking about it to the Associated Press via the AP archive. I can't really claim too much credit for it because the song was Elton's and Bernie's and it was their genius that prompted all this. And I was brought in as the man to do the job to tidy up. And I'm very privileged to have done that. So for me, it is a unique part of my of my history as well those in pain now you belong to heaven and the stars spell out your name and it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind one year later in 1998 after nearly 50 years of producing martin decided it was time to make one last album This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The album would be a compilation of Beatles songs, but not quite in the way that anyone would have expected. The following is from the BBC special, In My Life. I thought I would ask all my pals 
and my heroes to join me on this album. Um, I'm best known, of course, for Beatle music, and so everybody kind of expects me to perform Beatle songs. I thought, well, let's have a go at doing some Beatle songs, but with a difference. On October 20th, 1998, George Martin, In My Life, was released on MCA Records. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to just now have a few words from our recording manager. Mr. Mr. George 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 Martin. Martin. Now remember, before his work with the Beatles, Martin produced mainly comedy albums. It's almost as if while he was compiling the album, he wanted to combine those two things. While there are notable musicians on the album, many of the songs are performed by actors and comedians. The album kicks off with all of the above. Bobby McFerrin and Robin Williams, who had appeared together 10 years earlier in the music video for McFerrin's hit Don't Worry Be Happy, are together again for Come Together. Here come on flat top, he come grooving up slowly, he got juju eyeball, he wants holy roller, he got hair down to his knee. Got to be a joker, he just do what he please. I got a call from a very unusual English voice. Robin, hello. And he asked if I'd like to try this song. This sounds wonderful. I mean, just the idea of working with him is so great. You know, now that he's a knight, it's even more of an honor to be working with a knight during the day. He's such a joy. And I just want to try it. I mean, there's such, it's great music. You just don't want to do dishonor to it. So that's why I told him if it doesn't work, lose me. That was Robin Williams talking about the experience from the BBC In My Life television special. Here you can hear some of McFerrin and Williams having fun in the studio, also from that same special. And he can imitate almost every instrument you could think of. Actress Goldie Hawn rose to fame in 1968 on the American sketch comedy series Ronan Martin's Laugh-In. A year later, she won an Academy Award for her role in Cactus Flower, and in 1972, even released an album of her own, entitled Goldie. George Martin clearly had an affection for her. In the album's liner notes, he says, Goldie is just as beautiful, just as funny, just as delightful a person as she seems. I remembered her from way back that she could sing, and she was intrigued with the idea of a sophisticated club version of the song. That song was the title track from the Beatles' first film, A Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night Like a dog It's been a hard day I should be sleeping Like a log But when I get home to you I find the things that you do You make me feel Phil Collins was actually an extra In A Hard Day's Night He was just a teenager at the time amongst lots of other teenagers screaming for a concert scene in the film. 30-plus years later, Phil Collins was called on by George Martin to do a version of the end medley from Abbey Road. He sings and drums on Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, and The End, 
which now featured an extended drum solo. If we do it twice as long, i.e. 16 bars, I can make that interesting. And then I took it a little bit farther with the second eight bars and did some layering. For I Am The Walrus... Martin called on one of the biggest movie stars in the world in 1998, Jim Carrey. Carrey actually had a single released from his 1994 movie, The Mask, called Cuban Pete, and it actually charted in Australia and the UK. In the album's liner notes, Martin wrote, Jim Carrey was already a star when I first saw him in The Mask, but it was his definitive performance in Batman that made me a big fan. Here was a guy who seemed to be able to tackle anything, a naturally funny person, Completely extrovert, he was marvelous to work with, and I'm sure John would have loved this version of the song. Sitting in an English garden, waiting for the sun. If the sun don't come, you get your time from standing in the English rain. I am the Eggman. They are the Eggman. I am the walrus. As far as the, uh, the I am the walrus parts, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to rock out or something, I don't know. Just get a little edgy, you know, with that and blow my voice out and leave some blood on the mic. For the George Harrison classic, Here Comes the Sun, Martin went a completely different direction. John Williams. No, not that John Williams. Classical guitarist John Williams, who was a good friend of Martin's. And Martin said Williams was without a doubt the finest classical guitar player in the world. Martin called upon Scottish comedian, musician, and actor Billy Connolly to cover Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Connolly also had a background in music. In the 1960s, he was a member of the Scottish folk rock band The Humble Bums, alongside Jerry Rafferty, best known for his 1978 hit, Baker Street. In the liner notes, Martin said, It is fairly well known that in the decade before the Beatles, I had acquired some sort of reputation producing comedy records. Who better than Billy Connolly to act as ringmaster for our show? A splendid time is guaranteed for all. The band begins at ten to six when Mr. K performs his tricks without a sound. Mr. 
The album's title, In My Life, works great for a collection of some of the greatest songs George Martin had produced throughout his life. But it's also the title of the Beatles song that Rolling Stone once ranked at number 23 on the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list. And it's a song that Martin plays an important part in. He plays the piano solo in the bridge, which was then sped up, sounding like a harpsichord. In perhaps the most unusual move on the In My Life album, Martin called upon actor Sean Connery to do a spoken word performance over piano and strings. In an interview with Rolling Stone in 1998, Martin said that he had told Connery, Sean, if you sing, it could be anybody. But if you speak, there's no question about who it is. There are places I'll remember all my life. some have changed some forever not for better some have gone and some remain all these places have their moments the album also included performances from Jeff Beck Vanessa May Celine Dion and even an original piece from George Martin entitled friends and lovers. The album wasn't treated too kindly from critics, to which George Martin told Rolling Stone, if people don't like it, they don't have to buy it. I think that any of the criticism we might get is due to something of a misunderstanding here, and that a lot of people seem to think that the Beatles songs are a holy grail that mustn't be touched. They're great songs, and they're a lovely heritage that the Beatles have left us. They're like Gershwin, and there's no reason why anyone shouldn't have a go at them if they feel like it. I'd rather listen to Jim Carrey doing I Am the Walrus than I would listening to Frank Sinatra do something. Something in the way she moves. This album wasn't even the first time that Martin had produced an album of Beatles covers performed by an odd collection of celebrities. In 1978, he produced Steve Martin, Alice Cooper, and George Burns, just to name a few, on the soundtrack to the 1978 box office bomb, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band starring the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. And I'm at Tony Thaxton on Twitter and Instagram. If you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.